How many of you know we serve a great big God? Amen. Come on, give him a praise this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. Oh, so great. How great is our God. I love that song. I love to hear God's people sing. I love to be in the place where God is, where worship happens. Oh, I tell you what, welcome to my favorite day of the week. And welcome to my favorite hour of the week. And I'm not just saying that. I want to tell you something. I look forward to this time all week long. I can't wait till it gets here. And when it gets here, I'm never disappointed. Amen. You know, when God shows up, something happens. Amen. Tell somebody beside you, when God shows up, something happens, huh? And we're so excited about what God is doing in our midst. And I'm, I'm excited about seeing all of you here today. And uh, I hope that you've been working on inviting people to come uh, to Easter service. I know that you have. And uh, I just believe God is going to continue this as we start a brand new series next week called I Am Jesus. But today we're continuing this series called Miracles Still Happen. And we're doing it a little bit different. It's actually a three-part series, but this is part two. And next Sunday is Easter. So if you want part three, you have to come to Wednesday night and uh, be a part of a communion service. And uh, we're planning a, a real special time to come together for communion service and worship and just a really special time on Wednesday night. Uh, if you're not able to be in the room, I would love it if you can be here in the room. If you're not able to be, you can watch online. Uh, just have your elements ready if you'd like to participate online with us. But today, we're uh, continuing to look at the miracles of Jesus. I thought it would be good before Easter if we would start looking at the life of Jesus and some of the things that he did in his ministry, and some of them are quite amazing. He did so many miracles. He raised people from the dead, and, and uh, he healed the blind, and, and uh, he, brought, uh, he fed uh, thousands of people with just a couple fish and some, and some bread. Uh, he did some amazing, amazing things, and we don't have time to look at all the miracles of Jesus. In fact, if we literally took the time to do a series on the miracles of Jesus and the miracles of the Bible, I think it'd probably last all year. Uh, as, I, as I told you last week, I'm in the book of Acts in my daily reading, and, and uh, this morning I was reading about some amazing miracles that God did, and uh, actually in the Old Testament, reading about Elijah and Elisha bringing back, bringing back rain, what an awesome miracle that was, and uh, bringing uh, water from nowhere and bringing uh, oil from nowhere, and just, just the amazing miracles. Have you read the Bible? It's pretty amazing, I'm telling you. It's an amazing book. You need to read that. And uh, I love just reading through it every year. And in this series, we're examining particularly, though, the miracles of Jesus. And we are fully convinced that Jesus still does miracles today. And uh, we, our, our theme verse comes from John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to us as the church. And he says, I tell you the truth, anyone, say anyone. anyone. That's you and that's me. That's everyone in this room, everyone listening. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things. Come on, church, say greater things. Greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And here's what I know. Some of you have shared with me down through uh, my time as your pastor of, of miracles that you've had in your life. Some of you need a miracle in your life. And I want you to know that God is still in the miracle doing business. And I don't want you to make that, I don't want that to make you nervous, uh, particularly when we get to our theme, our, our scripture verse today where Jesus cast out the evil spirits. But I want you to know that Jesus does whatever he does for the purpose of redemption. 
Whatever he does, he does because he has a plan to reach as many people as he possibly can with the good news of the gospel. And anytime you see Jesus doing miracles, it is for one reason that that is to draw people into himself, to draw people into a relationship with our heavenly father and to bring them into the kingdom of God. One miracle that uh, many of you know about that happened in our life uh, actually was right up here on stage uh, on, the, on the right side, my right side right here singing this morning. And uh, her name is Bethany. Now all three of my kids are miracles. Uh, I don't want them to feel bad because I talk about Bethany as a miracle. But uh, many of you know the story. Uh, we had had uh, Daniel who was in the center, also very proud of Daniel. And, and uh, Jessica who still lives in Florida, very proud of Jessica. And uh, we, we just assumed we were going to be a two-child family because uh, Crystal uh, developed some issues health-wise. And, and the doctor had told her, your, your childbearing years are over. In fact, uh, I'm going to need to schedule you for a surgery. Won't go into great detail. Just tell you after that surgery, there was going to be no more kids. And all of that was planned. All of that was scheduled. But we put it off a few weeks because camp meeting was coming. And so uh, we were having an indoor camp meeting and having a great time of, of revival. And we were meeting every morning at 6 o'clock to pray. And uh, God was moving in that place. And about halfway through the revival time, uh, the evangelist said, on the last night or on the Saturday night of camp meeting, we're just going to have a time of, of, of praying that God will heal. If anybody is just praying for a miracle, praying for healing, uh, we're not going to you know, make a big uh, to-do about it, and, but uh, we're just going to ask you to stay after service, and, and uh, our team will pray for you, and we're just going to believe, uh, believe with you for a miracle. And the way it was set up, it was so beautiful because it wasn't uh, this great big show. It was just a time to pray for God to do something great in the lives of, of those who needed prayer. And, and uh, they, they had just everybody sit across the front of the seat, and uh, they said, we don't want you to even tell us what you're praying for. We're just going to pray, agree with you that God will do whatever it is you're asking for. Well, my wife, Crystal, if you know the story, felt like that she should go forward and, and sit on that front row. And, and as they came down the aisle, we're just praying over each one. They came to her and just prayed for her. And uh, she said, I just felt like something happened. But I couldn't explain it. And so she came home that night and she said, uh, Phil, I believe that God healed me tonight. I really do. And I said, well, okay, that's awesome. That's great. She just really felt like that God had done something. And we didn't think about what that meant. And uh, just a couple weeks later, what it meant was that we were going to have another baby. <laughs> God did a completely healing upon her. And, and uh, she went to the doctor. And I'll never forget this. She went to the doctor and said, just want you to know I'm pregnant. And he said, no, you're not. <laughs> that's not possible. Yes, I am. I, I, it's unexplainable. And do you know that, that Crystal was completely healed for, I believe, the next two or three uh, uh, years from what it was that was bothering her and Bethany came along and so I believe that uh, as I do with all of my kids that that God is going to use them to be redemptive in the world around them and uh, God wasn't done with just two he wanted three and I can't wait to see what uh, what he does with them but you know here's what I know uh, many of us are praying for God to do something big in our lives in fact let me just ask you this first of all how many of you you feel like 
you just raise your hand. Pastor, I feel like I've had a miracle in my life. And sometime down the road, I feel like I've had a miracle. God's done something great for me. Amen. If, if you're a Christian, I want to tell you, you've experienced the greatest miracle of all time where Jesus comes in and he cleanses us from our sin through his blood on the cross. We will celebrate that next week. Let me ask you this. How many of you say, Pastor, I really do need a miracle from God? You just lift your hand up. I need a miracle. Amen. I agree with you. I'm praying with you on that. And I just want to talk to you. What do we do when we have that sense in our spirit? Now, I will tell you that I don't believe Crystal was even planning on going forward that night. She just felt prompted by God that she needed to do that. And I believe that God wants us to believe for our miracle. But here's what I know. Believing God for a miracle can be very frustrating because a lot of times it doesn't come when we think it should come. A lot of times it doesn't come how we think it should come. Uh, the rest of the story is that we, uh, had, after the doctor told us that we were probably done with two kids, uh, we were living in a four-bedroom, uh, huge uh, two-story home, a big brick home, and, and it was way more than we needed. We said, well, we might as well downsize. We're done. So, so we bought some land, and we, we, we put a home on that land of just uh, three bedrooms, and, and the master bedroom was really big. It was really cool. So we're like, hey, we'll take that extra space for ourselves. Thank you very much. And we're all set. And then Crystal gets healed and we have another kid. Now what are we going to do? So now we have a nursery in our bedroom. Amen? Huh? How many know God has a sense of humor, right? And uh, so at least he had had us build a little extra onto our bedroom so we had room to do that. It doesn't always come the way we expect it to come. It doesn't always come the way we think it should come. Sometimes it can be very frustrating. Part of you know that he can do it, but the hard part is believing God for anything. Have you ever asked yourself, why is my faith often unsure or uncertain? Sometimes we have faith, but then we really don't. We can believe for others, but can we really believe for ourselves? And if that's you this morning, I think you're really going to be able to relate to the dad in our story. He had a demonized son, the story of Jesus, casting out the evil spirit. And the story says that Jesus walks up on an argument, basically. The disciples and some of the religious people are having an argument. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Mark chapter 9, verse 16. If you want to follow along uh, in the outline, you can pull that out of your program there and follow along. It's Mark chapter 9, verse 16. Through 24. Jesus says, What are you arguing with them about? A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. Now remember, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those who walk with Jesus and are, by all indications, believing people. He says, bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Don't tell me the Bible's boring, amen? He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Well, his dad said, it's been from childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us. 
If you can, said Jesus, everything, say everything. Everything, come on, say it again. Everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed. I want you to under that line, that word exclaimed. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Now, I don't know if you've ever read that, that uh, quote in scripture before, but I have to tell you that when I read that scripture, that, that quote from the, the, the father, it just, it kind of, on the surface, it's like, wait a minute, that makes absolutely no sense. But I have a feeling that's kind of where a lot of us are this morning. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Now, that word exclaimed is the word kradzo. It literally means to croak as a raven croaks or to scream or to call aloud or to shriek. So I want you to understand that he was like, I do believe Jesus. I do. I want you to know I do believe. Please help me with my unbelief. He said, well, that doesn't even make sense, Pastor. Let me ask you, why do you think it is that a lot of times we have what I call doubting faith? Why do we doubt and have faith? Where does it come from? Well, if you're taking notes, let me just, let me just tell you where I think a lot of this comes from. The first one is this. Write this down. We believe like those around us. We get caught up and infected with the doubters around us. We get caught up and infected with those that think, well, there's just really no way. There's no way. That's, that's, that's just not going to happen. That's never going to happen. You're, that's pie in the sky. You're just, you're just thinking too spiritually. You need to, you need to come down to earth and, and people will speak that into us and speak that into us. And we start believing the lies. Mark 9, 19, oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Here's what I know. God wants to do great and mighty things in the lives of his children. He wants to prove his power. He wants to prove his grace. He wants to prove his greatness. And we do believe that. We'll say, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe he does miracles. But what it comes down to a lot of times is we believe that God can do miracles. But many times we have a hard time believing that he will do it in us. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What does a believer have in common with the unbeliever? So what you have to do is you've got to stop tying yourself to people that are doubters. And you've got to believe what the Bible says. You have not because you ask not. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be there. Where two agree in my name, I will do these things. You've got to claim and read scripture and believe scripture. Amen. Tell somebody, you just got to believe the scripture. You just got to believe it. Another reason that we doubt is bad theology. We believe that God is fickle. Write that down. We think God likes some people and not others. We think that God is kind of hard to figure out. We think that he's like, well, you know, he's special. He's a pastor. Listen, I am not special. Hang out with me for one day. And you'll say, no, nah, he's, he's right. He's, he's not special. Just ask my family. No, he's not special. In fact, just a little secret, he's a little bit weird. I'm just telling you, that's just me. That's probably what they'll say. Amen. You know, when the dad, thank you, Ed, he's always on cue with the amen. <laughs> the dad jokes just roll out of me, and sometimes I get a hit. 
And sometimes I get the eye roll, amen? How many dads can, uh, can relate to that, huh? And they just look at me like, Dad, you're just weird, right? You're just strange. I'm just me. My name's Phil. I, that's all I am. I'm just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread. Don't think that just because I'm a pastor that God's going to do something special for me. Absolutely not. It is for everyone in this room. Whosoever will may come. Amen. Come on. Say amen. amen. Well, this dad lost hope in God. He knew God could do it, but he wasn't sure that God would do it. You with me? Look what he says in verse 22. It has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. I mean, this dad was going through rough stuff. Some of, think, some of you think you had a bad week. Just listen to this. They were trying to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. We've got to be careful not to just think that God is fickle. And you know what? I hope God's in a good mood today because I really need a miracle. Amen? God is always in a good mood. How many of you ever met somebody or you know somebody? It seems like they're just always in a good mood. Come on. How many of you know somebody like that, huh? Yeah, all of us. How many of you are sitting beside that person that's always in a good mood, huh? How many of you sit beside somebody that needs to get a good mood, huh? Come on. No, don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't do that. But what we don't know is a lot of times down inside, they're, they're going through struggles as well. They're going through pain. And if you'll take the time to just stop and listen, a lot of times they'll share those things with you. A lot of times they'll, they'll help you know that things are not as great as it seems. But I want to tell you something about God. God is never in a bad mood. God is never overwhelmed. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. He is always full of joy, hope, peace, love, long-suffering. Aren't you glad for the patience of God? Amen? Amen? He is always there for us, and he's always there in the nick of time. You can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's still up. Well, I was wondering when you wake up, right? You can be on your way home from traffic, and you can just call in the name of the Lord, and he is there forever and ever and ever and ever. We serve a great big God. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it. King David found him frustrated in Psalm 10.1. He found himself frustrated. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Why do you do that, Lord? Why, why does it seem like my prayers just hit the ceiling and bounce right back? Well, you see, our belief is not based in feeling. Our belief is based in fact. Amen. The truth is, God isn't far off. Sometimes it just feels that way. You see, let me tell you something about faith. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a fact. It doesn't matter how I feel, Lord. I know you're there. Some of you got up this morning after having such a wonderful, amazing, sunshiny, warm, beautiful day yesterday, and the ceiling was low and the cloud was low. You probably had a headache. You're like, well, I guess this is going to be a bad day, right? Let me tell you a secret. The sun still came up today. You just couldn't see it. The, still was, the sun is still shining beautifully right now. We just can't see it. All you got to do is go up above those clouds. Are you going to have to have an airplane to have a good day every day? Come on, church. You got to know the sun rises and falls every day. Every day. And God is never far off, even if we've lost perspective. Finally, we doubt because we believe sort of. We have that sort of kind of faith. 
Look what it says in verse 24. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. And when we believe and doubt at the same time, it does feel confusing, doesn't it? It really does. Nothing seems to work out. I love the book of James. James was a pastor, and, and I love to read it from a pastor's perspective. And, and uh, I love the fact that James just doesn't mince any words. He just puts it right out there and says, this is what you need to do, and this is how you need to do it. And this is what he says in chapter 1, verse 6. But when he, talking about us, asked he must believe. In other words, when we ask, we must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. A double-minded person is someone that says, well, you know, today the sun's shining, so I think I do believe in God. And then the next day, the clouds are out, and the rain's coming, and it's cold, and the wind's blowing. He's like, well, I don't know. I, I thought God was going to give me two good days in a row, right? Listen to that same passage out of the message. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People, I love this, people who worry their prayers. Think about that for a moment. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Let me tell you something. Either we believe that God can do this or we're just playing church. Either we believe that God is a great big God that can handle everything. He's never overwhelmed. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. He is full of grace, love, hope, help, healing. If we either believe that or we don't, let's just go, let's just go somewhere else. Let's just wrap it up and go home. Let's go to the buffet, amen? I need to stay away from the buffet, so let's keep having church. <laughs> we need to believe God not just for the outcome, we need to believe in God. That's really where we're headed today. We need to believe that God is a great big God and our faith is so real that it doesn't hinge on the outcome. Lord, whatever the outcome may be, I still believe in you. Amen. There's been other times when I prayed for a miracle and it didn't happen the way I prayed for it. You say, well, why does that happen, Pastor? I, I can't explain why. I can just tell you, I still believe God is a great big God, and he knows what he's doing. I just believe that God has perfect timing. He has perfect awareness. He knows what's best for me. He knows what will help me be the most redemptive person that I can possibly be walking this earth. Because you know what? I believe that if the only reason we had to, come, to stay on this earth was to go to church and sing songs and get more spiritual, we'd just go on to heaven because it'll never match what heaven's going to be like. Amen? I believe God has left you here for a reason because he still has people that he needs you to reach. He still has people that he needs you to lead into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, we can't save them, but we can draw them in. And I believe the reason God still has us here is because he still has people's names on his list that you're responsible for. And he's asking you, will you take the responsibility? Maybe it's just to pick up a card and invite them to church. Maybe it's to invite them over to your house for dinner. Maybe it's just to mow their lawn or, or cook them a, a, a casserole and take it to their house, whatever it might be. All for the reason to be redemptive in your attitude and in your actions and to show them Jesus loves you and I love you. Amen. So real faith doesn't hinge on the outcome. Lord, I'm going to believe you, whatever the answer is. 
And we know that when we pray, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is, wait a minute, hold on. Sometimes you're praying, but you're praying for the wrong thing. There's something over here that is better for you. So let's talk about real faith for just a moment. How do we build our faith? How do we get that real faith? Well, let's start out by defining it in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is sure and certain. You know what that tells me? That faith is an attitude. It's what you believe about a thing. And how do you get that attitude right? Well, in this story, Jesus teaches us three things we need to know about real faith. Are you ready? Write them down. The first one is, your authority comes through his name. And his name alone. Every Sunday morning before I get up here to preach, I say, Lord, I'm not interested in getting up there alone. Lord, I'm not interested in getting up there at all, but if you want me to get up there, I will, but I'm not going to go up there by myself, huh? Amen? I don't want to be here by myself. When my kids were growing up, we'd be sitting at the restaurant and we'd run out of something. You know, that's what kids are for. That now that they're not our remote control, we've got to use them for something, so go get me some ketchup, right? <laughs> they're like, Dad, will you go with me? Well, that defeats the whole purpose. If I go with you, I might as well go. But I'm scared. I don't want to ask for ketchup. Son, daughter. They've, they've had people ask them for ketchup before, and it's free. They'll just hand it to you. Yeah, but what if, they, what if they look at me funny? Well, they're probably already looking at you funny, so go get some ketchup, right? Here's what I want you to know. Maybe that's how we feel sometimes about our faith. Maybe we feel like we're doing it on our own. You're not. It doesn't depend on anything you do. It just depends on believing in him and trusting in him and calling on his name and saying, Jesus, I am asking you. That's why when we baptize, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in verse 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. I want you to circle the word I. I command. Jesus Commands. Jesus teaches us the principle, basically, of spiritual warfare. There are principalities and powers above the air. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Your argument is not with your spouse. Your argument is not with your kids. Your argument is just a distraction to get you away from your walk of faith with Jesus Christ. And the enemy will do whatever he can and throw anything in your path to get you away from following Jesus. And Paul says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle not with our kids and with our parents and with our boss. We wrestle not with our parents and we wrestle not with our grandparents. We wrestle not with our neighbors. We wrestle not with that person that jumped in line at Walmart. We wrestle with the, with the principalities of the air. You say, well, really, Pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. All the time. All the time. 
The enemy will, do, will trick us. I, I love your Capital City church, uh, church shirt. I wear mine all the time. And let me tell you something. If you're wearing your Capital City Church shirt and you're going into a Speedway or a Walmart, will you remember that you have the shirt on? And when somebody cuts line, don't let the enemy use as a tool for you to lash out and start making a fool of yourself. And they look at your shirt and say, well, there's a Christian again. I might as well never go back. It's a, we wrestle not with that person behind the counter. Amen? Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? We have got to believe that Jesus is the power to give us strength, and we've got to get familiar with who God is, and uh, uh, hopefully you receive this handout. We've got to get familiar with the names of God. If you didn't receive this, I have plenty of them for you to get on the way out. It's something extra I made just as I was preparing the sermon. Names of God. Look at this. Front and back out of scripture. He is the most high God. He is our fortress. He is our buckler. He is our high tower. The God of glory. The God of truth. Our refuge. He is wonderful. Mighty God. Prince of peace. Lord of righteousness. I can't read them all. There's too many. He is the lily of the valley. He is author and finisher of our faith. The first and the last. The alpha and omega. The bright morning star. The high priest. The upholder of all things. The ransom for all. He is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. God is all of these things. And we've got to say, in the name of Jesus, I will live victorious in this life. In the name of Jesus, I will find power and strength, not in my authority and not in my ability. And let me just tell you this. If I ever, as a pastor or as a Christian, as a believer, if I ever come distracting to the name of God, please tell me and get me out of the way because my job is to step aside and let God do what God needs to do in the life of, of those around me. Amen? Amen. It's kind of like the pastor that went home and got on his knees and said, Lord, I don't know, that service was rough. If I'd have known you weren't going, I wouldn't have gone either. <laughs> How many of you ever been to a service like that before? Huh? Come on, no. Another thing. Well, look at that scripture in Philippians. At the name of Jesus. Watch this. Read this out loud with me, would you? At the name of Jesus. Come on, say it out loud, nice and loud. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Another thing we need to know about real faith is that our confidence comes through relationship. Our confidence comes through relationship with him. Now, some of you, I've never ridden in a car before, but I look at how old you are, and I figure you probably have a license. So the fact that they hand you a license, I have what I call childlike faith to jump in a car with you and maybe run to Starbucks or, or wherever it might be, maybe Buckeye Donuts even. Oh, if you say Buckeye Donuts, you could be a terrible driver. I'll probably go with you anyway. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other message. But if I get in the car and you're a terrible driver, guess what this guy's going to do? Next time you say, hey, want to run over to Buckeye Donuts? I sure do. Jump in my car and I'll drive, huh? But if you're a great driver, I get very, very car sick. Anybody like me, just be honest with me. You get car sick if somebody else drives, raise your hand. Okay. All right. We're going to have a really hard time going anywhere because I can't be a passenger. I've literally gotten nauseated with me driving. That's how bad it is. If the fog is really bad and I can't see far out, like we lived in Alabama at the top of one of those mountains and, and uh, we made the mistake of coming home across the mountain one night and they didn't tell us what happens. The clouds roll in. You can't see a thing. I mean, literally... Crystal had the passenger door open looking at the line on the road because I knew a turn was coming and I didn't want to miss it. 
So by the time we got to the turn and I got off to that road we were turning on, I had to get out and get rid of that beautiful dinner that we just enjoyed because, and I was driving, okay? So I'm very particular about who I ride with and who drives. But there's a couple people that I know I can jump in the car and I can be in the passenger seat and I just won't get sick. It's just the way they drive. I don't know if it's because they make the same decisions like I make. I don't know, but I just know that when I jump in the car, I have complete faith that I'm going to be just fine. Why? Because I've ridden many, many miles with them and I've proven it to be true. Unlike Terry on the way home from, uh, he said, let's go to the rodeo. I said, oh, sure, that'd be great. I've never been to a rodeo. That was a great idea until we were on our way home, and he decided we needed to get home in about two minutes, and it was about a 30-mile drive. And so he's going over these hills like this. Finally, he looked over me. I was, I, was, I was white as a sheet and sweat pouring everywhere. He said, you okay? I said, I'm really not. You're going to have to stop, huh? How many of you know I didn't ride with Terry anywhere else for the rest of my life? What is the point of this, Pastor? This is just kind of, I'll tell you what it is. It's relationship. The more I get to know you, the more I get to know about you. And the more I get to know you, the more I trust you. Do you see that? I want you to circle that word now that you've written it down, that word relationship. That's where faith comes from. You're not going to get faith just by coming up to this altar and begging God, please give me more faith. No, you're going to get faith by, by building a relationship with him. The disciples wondered why this one was more difficult than others. And look what he says, uh, Jesus says, this kind can only come by prayer. So that's your first step to relationship is you've got to spend time talking to God. And every man in this room knows that your marriage is not going to last very long if you don't spend some time talking to your spouse. Amen. I need a bigger amen from that from every man in this room. Amen? Come on, ladies. Maybe you can say it for them. Ladies, amen? Amen. It's going to be a rough ride if we can't talk. You've got to talk to God. You've got to talk to God. And the more time you spend in prayer talking and listening and communicating, the more confidence that you will get in God, the more confidence you will have in God. Because prayer, watch this, rearranges everything to how God sees it. Prayer rearranges all of my perspective to how God. So the first step, this isn't in your notes, but just write this down. It's prayer and then God's word. You've got to immerse yourself in the word of God. Let it become your reality. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing And hearing by what? The word of God. Real faith doesn't come from the latest trending preacher. Real faith doesn't come from that person's uh, opinion on TikTok. Real faith doesn't come on the last Instagram post of that person you follow because you really think that real faith comes from the word of God. That's why I hand out notes, because I want you to take them home, and I want you to dig into the Word, and I want you to let God speak to you, because this isn't about Phil. This is about what I think. This is about what I know. This is about what God knows about what He says to us. It's all about God. Do you see that? Real faith doesn't come because of Phil Spriggs. Real faith doesn't come because I read the latest book. It comes by the Word of God. So when I pray and spend time with God, and listen and read his word, then I'm going to start building my confidence through a relationship with him. 
because I know what he can do. Many of you sitting here right now, if your dishwasher quit working, you would know someone to call to fix it. If your computer quit working, you know someone to call to help you fix it. If your house needs painted, you know someone who's good at that, right? Why? Because you've kind of built a relationship with them, and you know about them, and you know what they can do. Well, guess what? Apply that to every part of your life. We know that God can do it. Amen? Amen. Some of you read through the one-year Bible like, my, like me, and I, I encourage you to do that. It's an easy app on your phone. It's called Version. You can download it. It's free. It's all the different versions of the Bible. You can read those versions. You can do a daily plan. I encourage you to get into the Word every day. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, some of the things aren't going to make sense, uh, but it doesn't matter. Just keep reading it. Maybe the next time through, it'll make sense that time, and just continue to read and getting to know God. You with me? Amen. And then the third thing is I'm closing The third thing you need to know about real faith is that your power comes through the cross. Jesus ends his teaching with a seemingly unrelated comment. I want you to see this. He said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. What was he doing? He was letting them know that the final blow of the enemy was going to be the cross. But Jesus was going to be victorious. There is power in the cross of the spotless lamb. Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. How? Say it with me. By the cross. Say it again. By the cross. Now I ask many of you if you had a miracle that you would like to see God do in your life. I'm going to ask you something else. Do you know someone that needs a miracle? know someone that needs to experience the greatest miracle of all time and that is receiving Christ as their personal savior and beginning a relationship with him that's where it starts that's where it starts these friends need to receive of the benefits of what Jesus did on the cross first and foremost when I visit someone in the hospital or pray with them before surgery and I don't know them maybe someone's called me and asked me will you pray with this person will you come over and see them and haven't been able to do quite as much of that during COVID but we're kind of getting back into that some and if I don't know them and I don't know their background the first thing I'll ask is do you know Jesus as your personal savior that's where it's got to start it has to start with relationship and if you need a miracle today you need to know it starts there and if you're here today and 
you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's no better time than right now. If you're watching online and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never prayed and asked him to come into your life, it's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. And there's no better time than right now. Maybe you've already asked Jesus into your life, but you feel like you have maybe that sort of kind of faith. And you're saying, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Lord, I want to call on you. Either one of those situations, this is your moment. This is your time. I'm going to ask you to stand. Right now, would you do that? And my invitation is threefold. Threefold. Listen to me carefully. If you've not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I invite you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you. This is a place, a safe place, a non judgmental place where we just come as we are. I was six years old, scared to death bawling like a baby my sister reached over and said you want to go forward don't you you want to pray I said yeah she said you want me to go with you I said yeah I was sitting right over here in this section my dad was preaching that day I walked forward I knelt at that altar I asked Jesus into my heart and I've never been the same since or maybe you've prayed that prayer but maybe you've You've allowed a little bit of unbelief. You need some miracles. You've been praying, but but you've allowed a little bit of unbelief to creep in a little bit. And and you're just saying, Lord, I, I need you to help me with my faith. Help me with my unbelief. This is for you as well. Or maybe you know someone that needs a miracle in their life. They need to be in a place where Jesus is. Maybe you've had a hard time thinking about how to tell them about Jesus or invite them to Jesus. I want to tell you something. 82% of people that come to church come because they were invited by a friend, someone they know. That's the first statistic I want you to know. The second one is this. People are 80 to 90% more likely to say yes on what day do you think? Easter Sunday have a friend that needs Jesus I'll give you this promise as your pastor they will not leave this place next week without an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior now nothing will do my heart more uh, more, give my heart more joy that if when I ask you to come that most will come for some reason I think probably all of us know at least one pierced person that we can invite to church. Take a card, take a stack of cards, pray over them this week, hand them to someone. Or maybe you just you just need your faith bolstered today. There's nothing wrong with that. I can't tell you how many times as, as a believer I've said, Lord, I just need I need stronger faith. I've let it lapse. Or maybe 
you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you right now. We're not going to have an invitation song. I'm just going to open up the altar. If you're wondering if you should come, you should, because when you do, others will follow, okay? So just come, and let's just pray together. As you come, grab a card, and just let's just stand around the altar, and can I pray over each of you today? I'll give you time. We're not going to tarry long. Would you come for whatever reason, and let's pray together. You can either kneel, or you can stand, or you can sit on the front row there. Just come to this area right here. Let me pray with you. Come on, church. Let's take this serious. Let's take this serious. Let's believe God wants to do great things. Let's claim it for ourselves. Let's claim it for our friends. Let's claim it for our neighbors. Come on, church. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to spend a long time. The Holy Spirit is here, and he's speaking to our hearts. And he wants to use us and fill us. Amen. As they're coming, let me just read a couple of scriptures to you. John 1, 12 through 13, to all who receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. All we need to do is to trust him to save us. All those who believe this are reborn, not in a physical rebirth, but from the will of God. Revelation 3.30, Jesus says, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the first thing I want to do, if you've come to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. I promise you that. I promise you. So the first thing I want to do is I want to pray because I'm going to pray for faith and I'm going to pray for your friends, but I want to pray for you first. And church, I want you to just help me pray. If there's anyone here, maybe you didn't come forward. Maybe you've been thinking. There's still a chance for you to do or you can pray right there in your seat. But I just want everybody to bow your heads. I just want you to pray this. Dear Jesus, the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life. Thank you, Lord, for making me. Thank you for loving me even when I was unlovable. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for the blood that you shed. Right now, as much as I know how, I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life. Please forgive me for the things I've done against you. Please wash me white as snow, as the Bible says. And the best way I know how, I accept the gift of salvation. And I pray that you would help me to grow in my faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you something. The angels are celebrating right now, and they're having a party. Welcome to the family of God. Come on, church. Come on. Let's just welcome Amen. And here's what I want you to do. If you're, if you're here at this altar, and you're asking, you're praying for a friend, or you're praying for a loved one, you're praying for a miracle, don't just, don't just come and say, well, Lord, if it doesn't happen now, it doesn't matter. No. I want you to just visualize placing it right there on that altar and giving it to God. Not carrying it back to your seat, but giving it to God. And say, Lord, I know that you're the only one that can provide. So, Lord, right now, I pray you know all the requests that are represented. You know everything that we're praying for. You know whether it's a friend who needs salvation. 
You know whether it's a friend who needs a miracle. You know whether it's a person right here around this room that needs a miracle in their life. You know whether it's a spiritual miracle, a physical miracle. You know whether it's a financial or relationship miracle. You know, Lord, what it is. You know us. You created us. You knew us before we were ever born. And right now, Lord, you are not surprised that each one of these are here around this altar bringing you their cares, bringing you their burdens and saying, Lord, give me the faith to trust in you. Give me the faith to lay it upon the altar. Give me the faith to believe that I believe that you are a miracle worker. Give me the faith to believe that you are in control. Help me to let go and let God do whatever it is that God wants to do in my life. Lord, help me to believe that you can take it and use it and do whatever it is that you see pleasing in your sight. And as your son and as your daughter, I just I yield to you. I claim uh, uh, by the authority of Jesus' name that he is the one that can take care of this. I cannot. Lord, I, I admit that I am weak, but you promise in Scripture that when I am weak, your strength is made perfect. And I pray for your perfect strength in my life right now. And I lay it at your feet and I give it to you, whatever it might be. I just want you to speak it out to the Lord right now. You don't have to do it out loud, but just say it to the Lord. I give it to you. I give it to you right now. I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. I'm going to lay it at your feet and know that you are the healer. You are the great physician. You are the forgiver. You are the grace giver. You are the peace giver, the strength. Lord, we know that you're never surprised. You're never caught off guard. You're never overwhelmed. You are a great big God. And we place these things in your feet right now, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Everyone say amen. amen. Come on. Everyone say amen. amen. Can we just praise God in advance for what he's going to do? Amen. Come on, church. Come on. Amen. 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 You can go back to your seat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's a reason why I feel like that God led this to be just a quiet moment of invitation. Because really, it's nothing about what I do. It's nothing about what you do other than just trusting God and giving it to Him. It's a simple act of faith. So if you place something on this altar today, I encourage you, leave it there. Tuesday's gonna come. Thursday's gonna come. And the enemy's gonna kinda jump on your shoulder and go, well, wait a minute, you prayed that, nothing's happened. Just give it to God. I had a pastor growing up when I was in high school. He said this almost every week. Let go and let God. Come on, say that with me. Let go and let God. Come on, say it again. Let go and let God. Tell the person beside you, you got to let go. <laughs> I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time and we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. We're just so excited about what God is doing here in the church. I just have a couple things to share. This Wednesday night, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we are having a Holy Week communion, and it's going to be very special. We have special music planned, and, and uh, I'm going to continue this series, and, and uh, we're going to take receive communion together, and uh, we're just going to believe God for great things. And uh, I, I encourage you to come. Can we just pray for the offering right now? Father, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. Lord, help us to give out of a heart of joy, out of a heart uh, that is blessed. Use what we give for the upbuilding of your kingdom, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Also, I want to let you know that something exciting is happening. 
that uh, just kind of grew out of a need, and that need is that we need uh, more room for our children's church. Uh, wasn't it great to see our kids' church over here with the palm branches during worship? Ah, I so appreciate that. That was so great. And we love to have them in here during the worship time. And uh, the Awana Club and the, the, the children's ministry, uh, uh, Pastor Crystal and, and, and the Awana Club and all of them, started talking about a playground and started looking at, at what we might be able to, to put together and all of that. And, and the word has spread. And uh, we actually had uh, someone just give us uh, money towards uh, the playground. They said, we heard that, that uh, we're looking to do a playground for the kids. So here's a thousand bucks. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God for that. And uh, we're just so thankful. So you know what? We got to thinking, why not open it up? Because, you know, uh, we believe that we need to be here for these children right from the beginning. Amen. And so if you would like to give towards the playground, would you see, uh, Crystal, would you stand up? Or uh, Tara, would you stand up? She's with Awana. Is Scott, is Scott here today? Scott's in the back. Scott, see one of them. If you're interested in, in helping with the playground, we're looking at some. We want to put it just right out here out front. So we want to tell the, we want to tell the community we're all about family and we're all about kids. Amen. So if you'd like to give towards that, uh, we, we would love to have you do that. And uh, also, um, we want you to know that next Sunday is going to be very, very special. We plan some very special things for that. And I encourage you to come. I encourage you to come early. Uh, be a part of the fellowship. Bring your friends. Uh, we've got some special treats before church. So uh, you can come and bring them to that and, and fellowship together. And I'm just believing God for great things. Amen. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us. We're so glad that you were here today, and uh, we hope to see you again. Uh, actually, Wednesday night, we'll be live streaming the service, and then uh, next Sunday, God bless you, and thanks for joining us. We're going to let them go. The rest of you, can we? 